The report into the death of the University of Maryland football player Jordan McNair has been completed. Professor Mike McCann dives into it in his Sports Illustrated article and here. This is the UNH Law Podcast. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. So, Mike, what happened to Jordan McNair that prompted this report to be created? So Jordan McNair was practicing back in May and he experienced heat stroke. And as a result of that, he got medical care from trainers at the University of Maryland. And about an hour passed, apparently, from when he started showing symptoms and when they called 911. During that time, it appears that he wasn't adequately cooled down and other steps failed were failed to have been taken, including recording his temperature. And as a result, he was hospitalized about 90 minutes after the symptoms began. And the lack of treatment likely played a major role in the fact that he would die two weeks later, that he hadn't been adequately treated from heat stroke. Heat stroke is a condition that is treatable in most cases when it's responded to quickly. But when there's a lack of turnaround in terms of treating somebody with the condition, it can cause pretty serious health conditions. And the temperature was warm that day. He is over 300 pounds, just a large person. So he was, you might say, vulnerable to that kind of uh, danger. And it doesn't appear that Maryland took the right steps. The report was created by the University System of Maryland's board, correct? That's right. So the University of Maryland System's board launched an investigation. They've launched two investigations. One is about Jordan McNair's death. The other is about the culture of football at Maryland, including the idea that perhaps the players have been bullied or placed in situations that compromise their health in general, and that basically they're being coached to play uh, at, at levels at which risk their health. And here, this investigation looked specifically at Jordan McNair's death. The university commissioned it. The university president and athletic director of all accepted blame and said that Maryland failed Jordan McNair. So there's no question that the university accepts responsibility, but whether or not that means legal responsibility in a pending lawsuit is a separate issue. Yeah, I mean, are there are they facing criminal charges for any of this? Yeah, that's a good question. Not at this time. And it's very rare to have criminal charges for incidents that occur on the field. Uh, about 10 years ago, a high school football coach was charged with a crime related to the death of a player from heat stroke, but the jury found him not guilty. And the prevailing logic is that courts, criminal law at least, largely takes a hands-off approach to incidents that occurred. Now, that doesn't that isn't necessarily the right approach. In Canada, actually treats these issues differently than the United States. I'd imagine it wouldn't be. It's not cut and dry. I mean, at a certain point, who exactly is responsible for a person? In some instances, it'd be the player that would be pushing too hard versus the coach. Yeah, it'd be hard to kind of prosecute. I'd imagine it could be hard, and it gets down to duty. Who has yeah. the right duty? And you're right because ultimately, the player is exerting himself or potentially herself in some kind of activity. And the legal argument would be that the coach was neglectful, uh, that the, the, the coach pressured the player into 
activity that led to his or her death. Has the University of Maryland done any, taken any steps against the team at this point? At this point, the coach has been, uh, DJ Jerkin has been placed on administrative leave. He's the head coach. An administrative leave is a basically paid suspension. And that continues indefinitely. In addition, there have been trainers that have been uh, suspended and let go. So there have been some minor changes, but in terms of big changes to the university that can address these issues, we haven't seen those yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the coach. I mean, are there any expectations for what these findings are going to accomplish? I mean, is this basically the first step for the university to look at making changes permanent? Yeah, the university probably will defer any lasting changes until both investigations are complete. We've only gotten the results from the one on Durkin's death. The football culture of the school, I think, may offer a, a more holistic approach and that we'll see uh, probably more policy changes and recommendations in that kind of report since it's really getting at the totality of the problem at the school. I think that there will be changes. And my, my guess is that the coach will probably struggle to keep his job and it will come down to whether the school wants to fire him with cause or without cause. If he's fired without cause and it's without blame and he would get, according to his contract, about 65% remaining on his deal, which works out to a little over $5 million. If he's fired with cause, then he would not be paid anything. So that's a pretty significant amount of money, especially for a public university. I'm assuming the McNair family is filing charges against the school for this. I mean, that's right. They have, they have it's all but sued the school and the coach and other figures. They have given notice of a pending lawsuit, and the lawsuit will likely happen at some point. My guess is that a settlement is reached with the school, that they don't go on to a trial. I'd be very surprised if this ever gets to a trial. Maryland, though, has caps on damages, which is a, which is a relevant point. So uh, non-economic damages, so pain and suffering, are capped at $2 million. And the family has signaled that it believes that there have been over $30 million of damages. So the difference is it's about $28 million. Where are they getting that from? And that would be lost economic damages. So the money he would have earned. If he made it to the NFL. If he made it to the NFL and been a really good player. But there's a lot of ifs there. And this is somebody that hadn't played a down in college football. He was a redshirt freshman. So he was a highly regarded recruit. But you can just see this gets at an awkward thing, right? Projecting what somebody who died would have become had he stayed healthy. Nobody wants to have that kind of discussion in court. My guess is they reach a settlement and and there's some kind of monetary amount. Plus, I imagine there would be a scholarship in his name. I mean, overall, is this sort of problem still prevalent in college football? Uh, At least is that the understanding that could be a prevalent issue? I I think there's more attention paid towards bullying coaches, the alleged bullying coaches where players are sort of viewed more as professional athletes, even though they're not paid. They get treated as pros in some cases. And these are young men and they're put in positions that can be perilous to their health, especially at that age where they may not know their bodies as well as they will when they're 23, 25, 28. And I think that there's been more attention paid towards these issues in recent years, but we see with Maryland and and just in reporting on the story, I mean, I've had people tell me, oh yeah, when I played football, that coaches would, would subject us to these wind sprints. And that's what he was subjected to, McNair, wind sprints in warm weather. Uh, it sounds like a bad idea because it is. Yeah, it's kind of the uh, 
it's kind of a negative thing to say, but the meathead culture, I mean, it's the, the power through it. It'll be okay. You'll do it, just, just shake it off. It'll be all right. It's a great point because if we put the player in a position where he has to be the one that says, this is too hard, nobody wants to do that. In fact, the, the player will worry that he'll be stigmatized, that the coach will view him as weak. The last person who should have responsibility for that particular issue should be the player should be the coach yeah the, the coach should director. be stepping in at a yeah, certain point like, at that especially in 2018 i mean right this especially with all the especially with football i mean all the news with cte and all that right. i mean this shouldn't be shouldn't happen shouldn't be happening anymore and now the coach is gonna say well i i need to have rigorous training conditions or we'll be at a disadvantage against our competitor teams because they're doing these things but that kind of uh, you know, everybody's doing it. That, that's not a good excuse. Yeah, no. It won't hold up in no, court very well. Not. Be sure to check out all of Professor McCann's articles on sportsillustrated.com and follow him on Twitter at McCann Sports Law. Thank you for listening to the show. Get all the back episodes at law.unh.edu slash podcast. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire.